What is up? You're listening to the 3 and D podcasts, a podcast on the Grizzly Bear Blues network of podcasts. You can find us along with the starting five, the core four, the long view, and GBB Live. You can find Grizzly Bear Blues on Twitter at SBN Grizzlies and online at grizzlybearblues.com. Coming to you on this evening of MLK Day, the Grizzlies had another national basketball game. This one a little bit more successful than a Friday night national TV broadcast. Uh, joining me as always is uh, Ben Hogan. Ben, we actually are back to back here on, on our podcast weeks. I know. I was thinking about that. I was like, I don't know when the last time like both of us were on back to back weeks since, you know, it was probably maybe the week after. Well, I guess it wasn't the week after Thanksgiving, maybe, maybe back in November. Like that both of us have been on together two weeks in a row. It's it's been a while. It's just kind of the nature of uh, uh, the Grizzlies having a ton of Monday games, um, and just you being in the arena or me working in studio, uh, whatever it's, it's brought. So it's it's good to be back to back. I don't know if the Grizzlies have a Monday game next week, but you know let's uh, let's cover what we've missed in, in the last week. Really, I think we should just touch on um, the Dallas game. You weren't in the arena for that one. I actually was um, as a as a fan. It was loud. It was packed. Friday night, that late tip was weird. Um, <laughs> but the Grizzlies, obviously, like, that's not a loss that you look at it and be like, oh, maybe they're not who they who we think they are. It, they were tired, man. Eight yeah. NBA games in 12 days. They just – you could tell the jaw was gassed. The team was just completely gassed. They came out and punched them early, got a, a decent little lead in the first quarter. They even had a 58-50 to 50 lead in the third quarter. Uh, they just uh, – just tired, man. Just it happens. Yeah, I mean, uh, of course, uh, I imagine a few people were on Beale Street before, before the nine o'clock tip in Dallas, and you know, I was pretty lenient on my report card. I had a few comments on the, uh, the the GBB website saying like you were very, you know, jaw. I gave him a B minus, and that's mainly because like it looked like a bit first half he kind of let the game come to him, and he was kind of controlling the pace himself. And he was able to find uh, open lanes and was able to get to the the bucket. And also, I also took into account that the Grizzlies, like the Mavs went on that big run at the end of the third, beginning of the fourth, in the four minutes that Ja was out. They increased their lead from, I think, six to 18 or something like that in that short time span. So I kind of put that into consideration. And I gave Jaron a C because he was, he was good on defense. Like his offense was bad. Like there's no denying that. But all things considered, figured he had a pretty average game, so I was pretty lenient on them. The bench, I think, was the, the big problem for the Grizzlies um, because with Steven Adams coming off the bench and Brandon Clark starting, you really didn't have that guy that can kind of like a, – a Brandon Clark dunk can like just excite the crowd and kind of get things going on the offensive end for, for the bench. And then you also had D'Anthony Melton who was struggling uh, – Thank goodness today he was able to find a shot against uh, the Bulls, but he'd been struggling coming into that, and he was not making shots either against Dallas, and I think that hurt them a lot. Tyus, too. Tyus couldn't hit a shot. No, Tyus was – it was a bad – I also put at the very end, I was like, if everybody's going to have a bad game, at least they all had the bad game on the same night, which is great because you don't want a couple guys have a bad night and then, you know, one guy's on. You kind of waste that effort. Uh, if everybody's going to have a bad game in one night, you know, at least it's everybody having a bad game in one night. It It's unfortunate it was against um, the team that you're above in the division and the conference, but you've built a big enough cushion to where I, it's okay, at least right now. Like, 
you know, you're taking care of business like they did today against the Bulls. You know, you keep doing that, and it's not even going to matter uh, come April. Yeah, and you, you get another shot at them in a week. Um, you know, you are you have lost two to them, so you want to get this next one for sure. And I, and I, I heard Eric uh, on the postgame show on my drive home mention, like, it's a huge difference between 37 games to go and you're up seven games and 37 games to go and you're up five and a half, um, which is the swing that took place between – the Mavs and the Grizz, like seven games and 37 games is really tough to overcome. Um, five and a half is a little bit more manageable. So they need to get this one against Dallas coming up in the next week. We'll get to that. Um, but, yeah, you know, the Bulls fans can cry. We didn't have so-and-so tonight. We've done that all year, too, you know. So, you know. I know this, your, you don't like him, but the Grizzlies still don't have Dylan Brooks. Right. And <laughs> um, it, just this season, the NBA, that excuse is kind of invalid. For everybody, like in the past, it, it, it could make sense. You know, so and so didn't have somebody that game didn't really. It, everybody is missing somebody at some point this season, so move on. Um, it just seems like the Grizzlies were the only team to stay afloat and be wildly successful when they were missing players. The Warriors are struggling without Steph Curry and Draymond Green. The Bulls are lost four straight now, and they're still atop of the Eastern Conference, which is wild. Uh, the Nets look not so good. Um, it's just the Grizzlies are, are unreal. And you brought up Steven Adams. So your fun fact, I told you this before we got on the air, the Grizzlies are 0-1 when they bring Steven Adams off the bench. Probably not an experiment they should try, right? Yeah. I mean, I know everybody was kind of excited about uh, the Brandon Clark, Jaron Jackson Jr. front court, but um, it worked for a minute. But even Brandon Clark wasn't that good in that game. Like he did not get the rebounds he normally gets. Like he, he, yeah. you know, he was getting double doubles coming off the bench and he, I think maybe what three rebounds, four rebounds. I mean, he didn't have any at all. And I don't know if it was just because him and Jaron really weren't working together or what the, what the deal was. He knocked down a couple threes, which was a surprise, but still you're not asking him to do that. You want him to be down low. You want him to be getting rebounds. You want him crashing the boards. So well, yeah, it could have been a glimpse into the future eventually. I don't think the Grizzlies are at that point yet, and I think that was shown in the in the loss Friday. I'm not going to say that was the only reason they lost, but I think you got to keep Steven Adams. Uh, you got to start him. Well, I think they're closer to being ready for that than we had originally thought because Jaron's been so awesome, and he was really good at the five. And I think offensively, um, it allows John Jaron to click better when he's the five. I think what they should have done is kept Kyle Anderson in at the four um and let Brandon continue to come off the bench but that's you know I, and here's the thing about the these interim coaches that we have in there um Darko I don't think has been that good um I, I think Brad Jones did a pretty good job in his two games but my question is is Taylor Jones Taylor, Taylor Jenkins making the call um of who starts and kind of some rotation does he get in some input on that or is it like hey I'm trusting you to be the head coach this game you make the decision you want to make and if Darko is just kind of going rogue and doing his own yeah. thing, it's not a good look. Um, I, I, I don't was imagine, wondering that too. Because yeah. what did Zaire start with Taylor? Zaire, Zaire's first start was with Jenkins on the bench, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay, I was it's, wondering that too with that because, like, I was surprised how long the starters were in today. In the fourth quarter, you know they're up twenty-two. Jaws about to get in a fight. And they're still rolling them out there. Like, that's an opportunity for another team to – I mean, I'm not saying the Bulls are dirty, but, you know, there's the potential for 
somebody take a hard foul on John, he gets injured, and then all of a sudden, where do you go from there? You're up twenty. Yeah, it's it's. I don't think I don't think Jenkins Jenkins very obviously is not going to start players that he doesn't want to start. Like last year when we were all clamoring for DeAnthony Milton to start, it wasn't happening. And I and I've not seen Jenkins be really um, hard pressed to start Brandon Clark when you've got when he had Kyle Anderson available and he had Kyle Anderson available and they still started Clark. So I don't I don't know who made that call. Um, so it was, it was a little interesting on that one. Speaking of the little uh, kerfluffle that um, Jaw had, Stephen Adams, is there anybody that is more thrilled than their change of scenery from last year to this year than Stephen Adams? Trying to think if there's anybody off the off, you know, offhand. Uh, no, uh, I can't think of really anybody. Maybe Lonzo? Lonzo. I was yeah. about to say, yeah, Lonzo. We both said Lonzo at the same time. Everybody that got off New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's that's really kind of kind of it. If you think about it, um, and he he just looks like he is having fun with this group. Um, like I, I don't remember seeing Stephen Adams having this kind of fun, even when he's with the Thunder. Um, it it just seems like he's such a perfect fit for this group, even on the floor. And I, I'm going to toot my own horn here, Ben. I said it. Stephen Adams is going to be really good for the Grizzlies, a lot different than he was for the Pelicans, and it's and it's ringing true. I didn't expect this type of play. Like you know, I see uh, Joe tweeting out Mark or uh, Stephen Mark Gasol Adams, and it's just like, well, I mean, he's making those passes. You know, he's top of the key making the passes down low, like Mark Gasol would. I mean. I know he's doing that kind of like as a joke, but still, you know, I didn't know that the, he had that in his, in his bag, really. You know, I thought he was like, okay, he can get some rebounds. He can, he can score down low. I, I knew he was going to be better than he was in New Orleans. I wasn't expecting this. And I'm not going to say that I thought this was going to happen because I didn't. Yeah, so I, I, I'm about to come up with a piece that looks at um, the big-to-wing assist among the league uh, and where um, – Adams and and Bain rank because they just had to seem they seem to have this unique connection and I was trying to think like I don't know if you're into comic books and I'm not really but like this Aquaman have a sidekick because whoever it is that's who Desmond Bain is you know <laughs> I don't I don't know I uh, I'm not too big I I watch the Marvel uh, watch the Marvel movies I know that's not I don't think Aquaman's a Marvel but oh, he's uh, DC yeah he's DC but. I watched the movies, but I don't know. I haven't seen Aquaman, so, and I don't really wasn't too big in the comics, so what, I don't what, know. What about a SpongeBob, um, a a prime uh, merman and Barnacle Boy? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, I, the only one I anticipated there being a, a a bigger connection with would have been somebody with uh, Jokic because of how often he passes. Yeah. Um, but he has a lot of passes to Aaron Gordon. I'm not counting Aaron Gordon on the wing. Um, he's their four. And then him and Monte Morris. So I got to go. I'm going to go watch the film on Jokic and Morris assist just to kind of see what kind of plays those are. Are they just kind of kickbacks for jump shots or whatever? Or are they similar to what Steven Adams and Bain are doing? And then there was Julius Randle and Fournier. But out of all of his, like most, I'd say 80% of Fourniers are. are um threes so that's just randall getting in on the block kicking it back out or driving and kicking whereas <laughs> 60 to 75 percent of desmond baines are not threes so I, i'm going to go and, and kind of dive into that a little bit and see it because adams has just been you know good and he showed that today 
him and Bain, some of the passes that they had happen. Um, and it's, and it's had me watch basketball a little differently too, with the big. So like my, I watched the film of our girls game from Saturday, uh, against a team out of St. Louis and our big caught it on the elbow and our guard, you know, backdoor cut their, uh, their player and was open. And I'm like, all right, here it is. The pass to our, our guard, our guard didn't run through and our big didn't even look at him. I'm just like, Oh, that's there. That's so wide open. If we just can, can see it. So, um, I'm thrilled that Stephen Adams is a Grizzly. I don't know how long he will be because of Jaron Jackson's uh, overall emergence. He's, I mean, dude, he's he's defending without fouling, and he's he's yeah. sw- he's swatting five a game now on a yeah. regular basis. Real quick on that, uh, if you go if you get it early, you can get Jaron Jackson prop over one and a half blocks at pretty much almost even money every game. If you get it, uh, I did it against, uh, I did it Friday night. I didn't win. I went back to the well today and I, you know, I was worried when he went out for the game, obviously because of an injury, but also because he had one block at that time. And then he came back in and immediately got a second block. And then he ended up getting a few more. So one and a half is the number for real. Yeah. Vegas, you got to pay attention, man. Yeah, it, it's, it's finding these small things. Like, his also his rebounds is over five and a half, and that seems like sometimes too good to be true. He ended up with five today. You know, if he's playing the center, that's pretty much a gimme. But if he's playing the four. Yeah, Adams be, is going to gobble those up. Yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of Vegas, paying attention, the NBA.com power rankings came out about three hours ago, and the Grizzlies are number one. <laughs> yeah, I saw uh, Kendrick Perkins uh, just respond and said, he quote tweeted and said, oh, <laughs> so I don't think they're the best team in the NBA. Um, I, I, I do think the Warriors and the Suns are better. Um, and a fully healthy Nets are probably also better. But the Grizzlies are probably a top five team in the NBA. Yeah, it, I guess it really depends on how you do your power rankings. Is it the team that's playing the best right now? Or are you just power yeah. ranking them as if, like, what you think that they're going to do at the end of the year? Or are you power ranking them, you know, fully healthy? type deal well here's what's wild is that the grizzlies could end this upcoming week as the freaking two seed um because the warriors are down Steph and draymond's gonna be out for a couple weeks and draymond is essential to what they do um they can stay hot and catch the warriors they have the tiebreaker over them too um so that's that's wild and then if the grizzlies were properly placed in a conference they'd be the number one seed in the eastern conference that's wild wild yeah same amount of losses as the um, the Bulls, but three more wins. Because by, and Hasseltine hits on this a lot. Um, when the Grizzlies hit the All-Star break, they're going to have played 60 games. 60. And that means that they're going to have a pretty sp- spread out second half of the season. Yeah, I think that was intentional for a lot of uh, – I think the NBA did that on purpose just in case there was a lot of – Makeups, postponements, makeups, but a mat. And you know, there's there's the positive and negative. The positive is you're going to have fresher legs at the end of the season, but the negative is long breaks can kill rhythms. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see how the end of this season goes. But this upcoming road trip, um, they got Milwaukee on Wednesday. Let me pull this schedule up here. Um, which will be, I think they were without Drew Holiday today. So I don't know um, the info on him, but it'll be the uh, return of we'll, – we'll put, go against Grayson Allen. And then on Friday, <laughs> they've got uh, the Nuggets on the road. And 
MVP candidate and Jokic carrying that team um, should win that one, in my opinion. And you're on the road Sunday against the Mavericks. Um, so you're, you got a two, so two, two days in between those games, no one day, and then two games in between Mavericks and Spurs. So honestly, a three one road trip, Ben, uh, wins, you went out in the third, like I, you take a loss against the Bucks, um, on the road. Sure. Fine. Whatever is Giannis. And then you went out the last three. I mean, that that's at this point now it's realistic, right? Yeah, I just want to I just want to warn you that uh, Denver is weird always because of the altitude there and getting adjusted. And I know yeah. you're playing indoors and everything like that, but always seems to me that the Grizzlies have trouble in Denver, no matter how good or how bad the Nuggets are, just because of that. That I I mean, it's I, like I said, I know they play indoors, but it's still just kind of one of those things that Denver is just like weird like that. Um, I, I still think they should Des, win. Desmond Bain is lethal on the road now. Yeah, no, I, I still think they should win. You know, I, I'm not saying that. It's just like I would say that Denver's a gimme if they're playing it. I mean, I guess not necessarily a gimme. You got a defending MVP and he's an MVP candidate again this year. But um yeah. I, I, I think it's it's definitely possible for a three and one between now and I guess next Tuesday or yeah. is it next Wednesday or uh, Wednesday, next Wednesday. Yeah. So we, we can actually record again next week. Um, they don't have a Monday game and three of those four games on the road trip will have taken place. So we'll be able to talk uh, Bucks, Nuggets and Mavericks. Um, I'm actually working two of those. I'm working the Bucks and the Mavericks games. So that'll be fun. Um, I know I'm working Bucks, Nuggets. I don't know about the Mavericks yet. Probably probably half of the Mavericks. I don't know. Yeah, I'll have sure. to talk with uh, Bennett, who I work with, with the Grizzlies. We split shifts. So he's he's done some heavy lifting for me in the last few weeks. So I'm going to try and return the favor for him. Yeah, he heavy lifted that 9 p.m. Mavericks game. <laughs> I know. I know. I was supposed to do that game, and I entered a health and safety protocol. <laughs> so I, I sat in Section 102, and I, I was like eye level with the radio row. And I messaged Bennett and I said, man, you look really excited to be here right now. <laughs> he messaged me back and said, this is ridiculous. It is. Um, hopefully we don't get one of those again. Like it's fun being on TV and all national TV, but yeah, I mean, that was those, it's like, why? That, that's rough. Um, so um, I've had a whole, a little um, back and forth with Sean Coleman uh, because he, he messaged that the Grizzlies were going to miss Dylan's defense uh in this stretch and uh the first two games we won without him i messaged and i said hey uh defense looks fine part one and then the next night defense looks fine part two uh so then he texted me the dallas game and said uh team mrs dylan part one and i was just like i don't think dylan coming in and shooting 32 percent was going to change the outcome of this game <laughs> like he he wasn't going to make Tyus Jones hit shots. He wasn't going to make the guy's legs not be tired. Like, sure, he would have made life a little bit more difficult for Luca because he was getting whatever he wanted in the second half. Yeah. Um. So, but I again, Dylan hate that he got injured. We want to see what this team can be with him, um, and him and f- him fill his role. Uh, but the team has been fine. We'll be fine. Uh, just because of the death they have. And, and Ben, not only 
did we sign Tyrell Terry recently? You broke the news to me that we signed our boy EJ Onu. So I am going to find my way to South Haven and uh, watch my favorite G Leaguer. Let me know how it goes, because the only opportunity that I would be able to go in their next, uh, they got a four-game homestand coming up, would be uh, February 4th, and that happens to be my wife's birthday. So I am not going to take her (laughs) to South Haven to watch a hustle game for her birthday. Um, But if he's still still with the hustle, like maybe, you know, after that, the next homestand, I'll go down there with you and check him out. Yeah, uh, I am excited to see him get his opportunity. I went and pulled up his G League stats. He played for 1.6 minutes, got two points and a block, I think. Um, hey, and that's, his, good. that's good uh, production there. His offensive rating was like 233. So, like, <laughs> NBA records being set over here. Um, no, I hope he sticks. Uh, I think he's a good piece uh, for the Grizzlies to evaluate and look at. I mean, they interviewed him. Like, they were obviously interested in him before the draft. Right. Um, the Dallas, Dallas Mavericks just jumped on him. Um, after he went undrafted. So maybe he's a, you know, a 10-day guy if we have more guys in our protocols um, and, and get him a look. But, oh, well. Well, being that it was a uh, only a week since we met, material is a little bit lighter. So, Ben, you got anything you want to throw out there as we wrap up? No, I kind of – I mean, I, I touched on the uh, the bets to look for, really, is the Jaron Jackson stuff. He started at the five, hit up those rebounds. I mean, I think Steven Adams is, as long as he's with the team and not injured, I think he's going to be the starting five from here on out. But also check out, like, when you wake up, like the game day, wake up, go to your sports book, whatever you use, DraftKings, whatever, over one and a half blocks on Jaron. I don't know how many games. He, at, at, he hits it three out of four times, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because so, he—I mean—he's averaging at this point now. He's averaging either at two or over two blocks per game. So, the number being at one point five is should be easy money more often than not. Like right before tip off, I got it at minus one twenty-five, which you know you're paying a little bit extra for it. But if you're if it, I felt pretty comfortable with it. So you know I, I, I bet it. But um, I've, I've held off on the first bucket because Stephen Adams hadn't been playing and Jaron hasn't been winning tips. So I've been holding off today. I got back on the train, the Bane train, and he had the first shot of the game. He just missed it. So that's still value there, but it's dropped big time. Like Vegas has caught on. Now it's uh, like plus 450. It was plus 800, plus 1,000 at the beginning of the season when I was cashing. Now it's plus 450. It's almost at the point of not not worth betting right now. Ben Hogan has lowered single-handedly lowered the odds on Desmond Bain first bucket. He has <laughs> – the, he has the worst, like the best odds. Like he's number one. He has better odds than Jaron, Ja, any of them, because he's been doing it. It's uh. They caught yeah. on to your egg, Ben. They did. <laughs> I'm I'm a little upset with that, but it is what it is. It is what it is. I mean, hey, you were you were catching so big that we even got a mention on Grind City Media. So, hey. whatever, whatever hey. works. All right. Well. uh Three games between now and when we meet again. Um, I guess I'll talk to you over the mic on uh, Wednesday. Until then, be safe, uh, stay healthy, and we'll catch you next week.